Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. morning happy monday happy monday are you awake yeah time change has really not affected me this year i have no idea why i was um how did it affect the kids it 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 took them forever to fall asleep yesterday well yeah but but waking up they should have woken up later no yeah waking up was fine waking up but it's just going to sleep yesterday i was putting lexi to bed and she goes but poppy it's still a beautiful day outside (laughs) well it wasn't light at eight o'clock no, we put her down like 7, 7, 15, 7.30. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was a little bit of light up. Yeah, they barely napped yesterday. So we went to the zoo. How was that? It was awesome. Uh, it was a lot of people. The zoo I didn't, still exists? I didn't think there would... That's what I thought. But And the amount of people that were there was impressive. Awesome. Was there anything like special that... No. Interesting. No, it, was just, it was a beautiful day, so... It was a beautiful day. And it la- the cold lasted, what, three seconds? Uh, yeah. Once, like once the sun came out at 12, done. Wow. It was, and it was really <laughs> hot on Saturday. It was a gorgeous day, though. You asked me, you want to go play golf? Well, I, well, no, I said, I said if, it, if I was it, done with the retreat that I gave on Saturday, I'm like, okay, what do I do now? He goes, you know, we should I go said, play if golf. It, but if, if it were 90 degrees, <laughs> I would have been all for it. But I've never played golf on the weekend except, you know, unless I'm on vacation. But it's, uh, yeah, it was really, really hot on Saturday. So. But yeah, we, we knew it was going to be a beautiful Sunday, so we went to Mass on Saturday mm-hmm. so that we could have the, the full day with the kids at, uh, at the zoo. And that was the game plan, and, and it worked out fine, except that uh, asked me about Mass, and I can't tell you anything past the first reading. Cause... See, okay, <laughs> let's, uh, let's go back to 5 o'clock on Saturday. So I see Jorge and Angie walk into their, the church with their children, and the church was very quiet. It was quiet. It was very peaceful. But I knew they were coming. So I'm like, oh, these people, they're in Fort now when MJ walks through the door. And I love MJ. He's great. So as and soon as the, MJ walks into the, the first door, thing he does. He, he goes, eh, you know, and then and then I put him down, and and, and he goes sprinting up the entire that was center just, aisle. So that was beautiful. I and said, let him fast all, all the he, way to the almost almost wanted to go into the sanctuary. Yeah, he sprinted up the, the middle aisle. <laughs> I'm sweating already, and it is two minutes before <laughs> mass starts. Father Stephen gets out, goes, yeah, Father, look, you have somebody else to celebrate mass for you. He's all, we're all good with that. So then you go sit down. So I said. Let me be a good compadre and a good, you know, a good friend. Let me, you know, let me take MJ. Let me take him on block, you know, around the, you know, outside because that's where it's gonna end up anyways. Or take him over to the the game room in the in the in the rectory, the young adult room. And as soon as I went to carry him, which I've done a million times in the middle of the church, what does he do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Start yeah. screaming a little louder than that. Yeah, Imagine no, I, I don't want to. We're gonna blow out speakers and cars and 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 anybody's <laughs> listening on headphones. But, and everybody that was sitting behind you turned looked, around. Yeah. They were either laughing or like, what is Father doing to the kid? I'm like, he was saying, Father Manny, Father Manny went. And so the rest of the Mass. Yeah, we, we, I made it through a reading. Okay. Maybe, maybe a part of the Responsorial Psalm, and then yeah, he wanted out. <laughs> and I mean, it's five o'clock. He's been up all day. He's got all this energy. So I spent the next 45 minutes doing laps, laps around the mass. church. Which is what I intended to do with your son. Which is fine when I when I do it at ten thirty. It's fine because I just turn on the live stream and I can and you can continue hear it, yeah. listening. But five o'clock, five you o'clock, can't do it. Negative. So so you're on you're on your own for the homily this weekend. This uh, this Monday. I should well, say, usually so. I'm on my own for the homily <laughs> anyway. So, but <laughs> for the podcast, excuse me. But um, yeah. So to you know transition into into the podcast after discussing the adventures that are the Santibanes family. Uh, and Have kids, they said. Yeah. So that's why I don't. Anyhow, um, this weekend, we, we always had the Transfiguration during the second Sunday of Lent. And yeah, I touched upon it briefly. We had the 9 o'clock Mass yesterday, which was our first class Mass, school class Mass. And it was just beautiful uh, to see the church full at 9 o'clock, filled with children, filled with families. Yeah. Uh, we haven't had that in two years. Uh, and it was just great. I brought the children up to the sanctuary. It was packed up there. It was just beautiful. So, you know, the children, you know, had beautiful insights. You know, we were talking about 
you know, the end of the Transfiguration Gospel, where, where, where we hear the voice of the Father say, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And I asked the children, what, do you li- what happens if we don't listen to Jesus? And one kid very matter-of-factly said to me, we sin. Just, just oh. like that. And he's got it right. We do. Uh, we get lost. So, but then when I preached, I, I preached, I didn't do the 1030 yesterday. That's why Jorge couldn't, you know, see my, uh, my homily. But I did do the 1230. And I focused primarily on the second reading. It wasn't my intention, but like the Holy Spirit works, it caught my attention during the 9 o'clock Mass. Obviously, I didn't preach about it during the 9 o'clock Mass. I go, you know what? This is something I really need to focus on uh, at 1230 because we we talked about it off air before we, we turned the mics on, that this has been a recurring theme. And I just want to read briefly yesterday's uh, uh, second reading, third chapter of St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, uh, chap- uh, verse 17. He says, Join with others in being imitators of me, brothers and sis- brothers and sisters. Observe those who thus conduct themselves according to the model you have in us. For many, as I have often told you, and now tell you, even in tears, conduct themselves as enemies of the, cro- of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is their shame. Their minds are occupied with earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we also await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body by the power that enables him to also bring all things into subjection with himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, in this way, stand firm in the Lord beloved. And, you know, and this is what we were talking about that has been a recurring theme lately in our podcast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, Sorry, I thought, thought you were going to continue with it. Okay, go ahead. But yeah, it, it's come up repeatedly is, is uh, you know, this, this need to separate ourselves from the material. You know, it's, it's that, that sense of detachment. And, and beautiful, again, that this comes to us in Lent because we give up we, we it's literally a practice within the church to give up something you know to practice uh, to practice that separation to practice that sacrifice um, so it, it's come up like on countless episodes already the, this conversation last week, yeah. that we've had you know this need to you know turn our attention back to the Lord you know to rely on the Lord yes we, we we're of the earth we're we're in the earth we're but we're not but it's a, we're, the, we're, we're, in the, we're, we're in the earth, but not in the earth, but not of the earth. Yeah. You know, we're we're here and now, and and we need things to survive. But our end game is not here. Our end game is heaven. And there, that whole that whole reading, because it also dovetails into the, into into the gospel of transfiguration. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bishop Barron made the, the, the emphasis and that. Metamor- that that, that transfiguration in Greek is metamorphosis, basically. And what we need is that, you think of metamorphosis, you think of a radical change. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need during, during Lent. He will change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body. That is what we aspire to. That is why the figure of the transfiguration is given us during Lent and during the second Sunday of Lent to realize this is our endgame. This is what we aspire to. This is what the Lord wants for us. Now, do we want it? Now, to go back to what St. Paul, you know, Paul can be a little melodramatic at times in his writings. And here, you know, he's, he's writing this to a, a community he loved, the Corinthians. For many, as I have often told you and now tell you, even in tears. So he's writing this in tears, thinking about those who have fallen astray. For I tell you now, even in tears, conduct th- th- those who conduct themselves as enemies of the cross of Christ. So he's saying anybody who turns from the go- you know, the gospel, we, we you know, the old translation of Ash Wednesday, turn away from sin, be faithful to the gospel. But what about those who turn away from Christ and are faithful to the gospel of the world and are faithful to, you know, whatever it is that the world is selling, whatever values the world are selling. Their end is destruction. I like the Spanish version better. You know, it said something along the lines that 
they will inevitably perish. You know, this is uh, something that has been a recurring theme. You and I talked about it last night. It's been a recurring theme in my prayer life and in the spiritual reading that I'm doing during Lent. That let me dwell on this for a second as I collect myself here. I mean, the, the the snippet of the book you sent me yesterday. Yeah, I received a book. Just, over I mean, the that was a paragraph, so I can't imagine. Yeah, I'm, the actual I'm, book. I'm I'm still I'm I'm literally going through the beginning of the book, so I'm not going to get too much into it. But it's something that has come up. Uh, the name of the book is The Devil in the Castle, and it's about you know it it's basically it takes Saint Teresa of Avila's interior castles and kind of puts it in our time frame and focuses on Teresa's of I'm not going to say fascination because she wasn't fascinated by this nor should she be but Saint Teresa made great em- of Avila's made great emphasis on the work of the devil in this world we talked about this last week when we had the temptations of the devil but the way, and, and there, was a, there was a beautiful paragraph that I read last night that I didn't send you, that, see, that we think that the devil works in people that are doing evil things. Right? The devil's at work in Putin right now because he's invading the Ukraine. And the author and Teresa of Avila would say, well, no. Demons and the devil and, the, you know, and evil spirits work very subversively in our lives, in good people, in trying to lead us astray from the cross, from Christ. And it's going to be, you know, minor things. Yeah. You know, a little thing here and a little thing there and a little silence here and a blind eye over there. You know, I I, I just wanted to touch on that briefly. Yeah. I don't want to dwell on that because mm-hmm. I don't want to freak everybody out. Cause <laughs> it, because here's the thing, and, the, and what I, what I, the paragraph I sent you yeah. is what many people may have done already. It says, you know, you hear the devil, and oh, I'm turning the podcast off. Mm-hmm. And the book says, well, you may have just read this, this preface or this introduction and may have the temptation. Let me put down this book. I don't want to deal with this. Uh, or it doesn't apply to me. No, it doesn't apply to me. But, or I don't, want to, I don't want to think about these bad things, these evil mm-hmm. things. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to turn off this podcast. He doesn't want you to share. He doesn't want you to share the good news. He doesn't want you to even, what, you know, usual suspect says so beautifully in you know in the in um in through the through the words verbal kent says the greatest you know the greatest trick the devil pulled off pulled off was convincing the world he didn't exist Mm -hmm. he doesn't want you to think that he's there but he is and so what saint paul is saying is that these enemies of the cross of christ their end is destruction because what St. Teresa of Avila was seeing in her prayer life, in her mystical visions, were people that, and, and there's two very vivid examples that are present in the preface of that book, of people that were being dragged down into hell because of their sin. And we cannot discount that. It's the old translation of the act of contrition. I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. People still do the, by the way, it's still valid. You can still use it in confession, okay, if you want. Nothing that says you can't. But that was the old translation. Think about that phrase. I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. How do we get to that point? Well, we get to that point when we're saying the act of contrition, whether it be in the confessional or when we do our day, our nightly examine or when we do it, maybe do it in our prayers before Mass begins, mm-hmm. not not the confederate. I'm talking about before Mass begins. You know, we 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 should say it often because we are sinful. Like the little kid said in the nine o'clock Mass, what hap- when I said, what happens when we don't listen to the son? We sin. He said it very matter-of-factly. And so St. Paul says, their end is, the enemies of the cross of Christ, their end is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is their shame, their minds are occupied with earthly things. And as we said last week when we were talking about the second temptation and the devil showing Jesus all the kingdoms of the world, and the devil said, these kingdoms belong to me. He said, these kingdoms belong to me because they have been given to me, and I will give them to you if you just paid, go, bow down in homage. And so that's why when they think of these earthly things, things of this earth, not that things, everything on the earth are things of the devil, they're not. You know, you, you took your children to 
was a beautiful day. It was something the Lord had made. You took your children sure. to the zoo to behold God's creation, to have fun with them outdoors. You know, while technically, well, yeah, it is an earthly thing, but it's an earthly thing that God had created. Right. What we're talking about is sinful things, things that lead us astray from God. But then that's why the next verse, St. Paul reminds us of what the readings as a whole were about yesterday. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it also we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to conform with his glorified body. All the readings have to do with some theophany yesterday. In the first reading you had Genesis, you read it, you heard it. I did, you know? that one I did. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Abraham, you know, God spoke to him, telling him, I called you from the land of Ur, and now to take possession of this land. And you hear God speaking to Abraham. In the transfiguration, you hear God the Father speaking to Peter, James, and John, this is my beloved son, my chosen one, listen to him. We have great... Uh, we have great examples of theophanies is basically revelations from God to Abraham. You know, more or less, you know, God inspired the writings of the Apostle Paul and telling us our citizenship is in heaven. We should aspire to the things of heaven. And and and, and again, just to, to and then obviously in in uh, in the Transfiguration, God the Father saying in the cloud, "This is my beloved Son, my chosen one. Listen to him." And just, to, and just to finish up on, on, the, on the letter uh, to the Philippians that we heard yesterday in the second reading, at the end, can you hear the, the, the drama, the passion of Paul? Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for my joy and crown in this way, stand firm in the Lord, beloved. In other words, he's saying you could hear the love that he has for the community of the Philippians. You could hear the love, I mean, not only the love, but also the let's say, the anguish that he has, the sadness that he has for those who have turned into enemies of the cross of Christ. And that happens to your pastors as well and to your priests. When we turn away, you know, it happened to me this morning, somebody asked me a question and says, Father, is it okay if we do this? And I'm like, uh, no. I'm not going to say what that is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I'm like, no. And I go, how would you, even, you know, I was like, why would you even ask me that? You know, it, it's something that, you know, why? And, and it, and it kind of hurt a little bit. You know, and this was a faithful, you know, was, I don't want to get too much yeah. into it. No. But it was, sorry, if I, if I can jump in here, because, you know, this weekend, and, it, and it's going to come back to what, what we've been reflecting on in these readings, we brought back the offertory. And I love that we brought back the offertory because, you know, and I've mentioned it before, sometimes we think the offertory is like halftime of mass. Right, we we kind of <laughs> we we check out, you know, we're we're fumbling through, or you know, get the cash for the kids to, to to take up to the kids' collection, or you know, if we're still writing checks, you know, write a quick check for the offertory. Who still or, writes checks? I've I've seen a, a few okay. people with their with their checkbooks, you know, or, or look for the envelope, or you know, whatever it is, going to log in and 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 do an online gift. The point is, very few people are actually paying attention to what's happening in the liturgy at that time. But I love that we brought back the actual offertory, the, the presentation of the gifts, because it's coming from the people. You know, and as we reflect on on this second reading, as we reflect on the transfiguration of Christ, you know, you said that the devil wants us to think, you know, you're nothing, you're lowly, you're, you know, step on us and stay down, you know. Mm -hmm. But the offertory. You, you, the simple gifts of bread and wine, which are transfigured literally into the body and blood of Christ, and it's not just the bread and the wine are, that are placed on the altar; it's each and every one of us. You know, everything that we bring, our our, our participation in the liturgy, the, the intentions that we have in our hearts, everything is is brought in with those gifts and placed on the altar, and lifted up and changed. You know, so so just. Our participation in Mass, our, our prayerful participation in Mass, you know, we put ourselves in the Lord's hands and He changes us. You know, so, so it was beautiful that that we reintroduced this, you know, often overlooked element of the liturgy. Which, you know, was really overlooked yeah. uh, during the pandemic. Yep. And, and in fact, I was like, <laughs> I'm glad you had a positive 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even you had a yeah, you did have it on for Tori and a, and a presentation I guess at five o'clock. I mass. missed it. I was outside. But, but no, but, but, but you, I knew it was but happening. You, but, but you saw we did we did a dry run with yes, in one no. of the masses last week, and you yep. were present at that yep. at ten thirty. So I'm glad you had a positive experience because here's what happened to me. Okay, I mean at at, at nine o'clock, fine. The kids came up and it took you know it took them forever. It was wonderful to see the kids come up. We get to twelve o'clock mass, the uh, twelve thirty mass. Excuse me, I had the twelve thirty mass in Spanish, and. Uh, the all—it's always been for whatever reason. The altar server usually has the the, the basket, mm-hmm. and 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 the kids bring it to the altar. But for whatever reason, one of the, one of the head ushers at the twelve thirty mass chooses a child from the crowd to hold the basket. And that's fine, you know. And 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 the child stands there. And so usually our cantor or music director, or whatever, Don at the nine o'clock mass, Louis at the ten thirty and twelve thirty. Louis says in Spanish, you know, now the young people, of the parish, you know, come can come up and give the gifts. Now, I had written about it in the bulletin. If you hadn't read the bulletin, and you know, and I really, and I hyped it up last week, right. and I kind of may have mentioned it before. Don announced it at the nine o'clock, but kids had no warning, so the kid was just standing there for like thirty seconds, oh, no one, and all of a sudden, <laughs> well, no, it gets better. So, so the kid's standing there, and I'm, and Louis starts. I was about to turn on my mic and say, "All right, kids, come up and give the offering," but Louis started singing, so I didn't want to interrupt, interrupt Louis in the uh, offertory song. So I had told the usher, okay, start the, you know, because they would wait until after the kids' collection was done and after the offertory was brought up, and then they would start the collection, and it would take forever. So the, thankfully, the ushers, you know, started the collection. And then the person that was the, that was bringing up the gifts, who is someone you and I know, I'm not going to say her name, a lovely lady, she gets up. And I'm like, okay, good, someone's getting up, because I didn't see anybody get up. Right. And, and they were, the, the bread and the wine were back there. I can't. Do anything without the I need them brought up. That's why we bring it up. So you know, it's, it's, it's been two. It's been two years. Everyone yeah. was a little rusty. <laughs> exactly. So here's what happens. This lady gets up by herself, and she gets to the credence table, the offertory table by the baptistry, and then she keeps looking towards the back of the church, to the entrance of the church, towards where the ushers are. And I'm already, and I'm standing there where the oh, ushers no. are waiting, and she will not look to the front, and I'm like. And people look at me, and I'm just, you know, throwing up my hands like, I don't know what's going on. And 30 seconds go by. And meanwhile, Lewis um, is still singing. Lewis is still singing, because what else is he going to do? At least there was music. There was music. <laughs> 30 seconds go by. A minute goes by. 90 seconds goes by. She's not looking towards. She keeps looking for somebody to rescue. I mean, whoever was supposed to take it up with her. And I'm thinking, okay, it's just a ciborium and a cruet of wine. Just bring it up. You know, it's it's not like big gifts that we're, that we're bringing her. Heavy gifts. Finally, God bless one parishioner whose wife was in a wheelchair. You know, got up and and how, and, I'm, and and finally she looks over. I'm like, come, just come, 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 you know, come up <laughs> because the next step was to tell the other, can you please go get the gifts and just bring, which I've had to do before. But it's the reason why I'm glad you had a positive experience because it's like after that experience, after mass is like, do we really need the off- the presentation? And well, I, mean, I, just, I just ruined that no, for you. No, I, I, before you said that, I came to the conclusion, yes, I know the liturgical significance of it, but there was a certain, I guess, convenience sure. over the last two years. Sure. Uh, there, was a, there was a certain, like, you know, it would speed things up, but we're not in liturgy to speed things up as much as, you know, some you would see, I, sometimes I do it, sometimes you know, I shouldn't, but, you know, but it is part of, us offering ourselves, as you just said, offering who we are, not just the gifts of bread and wine and the gifts that we put in the collection basket, but also you we put our gifts on the altar. And there, there's a symbolic, very deep symbolic meaning between that. Because we're saying we're taking the things of earth, bring it back to the second reading. We're taking the things of this earth to sanctify them. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness, we have this bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. In other words, we're taking the things of this earth that may be used for nefarious things because obviously wine can be used for awful things. Get drunk to, to you know, get behind the wheel of a car, mm-hmm. to, to kill somebody when you're, when you're drunk driving, whatever it is. But... Here we are using it to glorify God. Here we are using it to, say, transfigure, 
change, this metamorphosis, this transubstantiation, that this changes this very simple bread, this very simple wine, becomes God, the body and blood of our Lord. God becomes present. And so this earthly reality becomes a divine reality before our very eyes, and that's something that we cannot take for granted. So even though I had a negative experience in one of the masses, yeah. it worked out fine at the 9 o'clock, and it worked out fine at the 10.30 last week, uh, we, we, this is something important that we do, and we should, you know, every part of the liturgy, we should never discount. Because sometimes we do, we don't pay attention, but every single thing that we do, every single action that we do, is to be, is to, it, its end game, its purpose is to transfigure us into what God wants us to be, which is divine, which is that transfigured Christ that was present in front of Peter, James, and John in yesterday's gospel. Yeah, you know, and then they say, you know, Peter, James, and John, they say, you know, let's stay here. Let, let's set up tents, and, and why do we have to go back down? You know, this is, this is amazing. I don't want to go back. Let's stay right here where we are. Yeah, and Pope Francis yesterday, too, I don't always see his tweets, but I happen to be looking... Um, I'm going to bring some chocolate chip cookies into here. Yeah, you, the you've, given up, you've given up Twitter, social and, media. And I'm totally disconnected from the things that are going on in the church because that's where I would get my church yeah. news. I have to go literally on, CN, on CNS or CNA yeah. you know, to, to, to get this. And so you're listening... But, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm checking for, okay. for what's happening in the hot what's stove. What's happening in the, st- you know, what's happening in the, <laughs> Which we'll get to in the, in the yeah, yeah in, I know you're rolling your eyes over there. Uh, but I see Pope Francis' tweet, which was, I mean, when he, when he's on, he's on. You know, so he said, we're all in need of God's light that makes us see things in a different way. It attracts us. It reawakens us. It reignites our desire and strengthens us to pray, to look within ourselves and to dedicate time to others. So here you've got Pope Francis reflecting, obviously, on the gospel, on the transfiguration of Christ, where the light of God is literally shining through Jesus Christ Himself. You know, and as we as we reflect on that light, you know, which Pope Francis says we all need it. You know, none of us are exempt from this need for God's light. You know, it's it's attractive. It's attractive to Peter and to James and John. It's attractive to us, you know. The light of the light of Christ, the, God's light, attracts us. And when we open ourselves to it, you know, mm-hmm. like to go back to what, what we spoke about earlier, when we put ourselves, you know, in that in those gifts and put ourselves on the altar and allow ourselves to be changed, you know, it's attractive to others, and it compels us, you know, to go out to to have a life of prayer, to go out and have a life of service, to go out and be a witness for Christ. And as Pope. I'm sorry, as, as Paul says in that second reading, you know, to be really citizens of heaven. And of course we want to be citizens of heaven. Of course we are drawn to the light of Jesus Christ, just like Peter, James, and John. Now, mind you, you have to know what, where in the gospel this takes place. This takes place, we said it yesterday during the preface, this takes place right after the first time that Jesus says that he's going to die, when he says this is how the passion of, of the Messiah is going to go about. And so... To kind of uh, give the disciples a view of what is to come after the passion, the, you know, the transfiguration happens, and also to give us us a view of what our reality should be and what we should aspire to. That's why we're drawn to that light. Now, they can't stay there. When Peter says, it is good that we are here, he doesn't know what he's saying. He doesn't understand what's going on. They have to return because Jesus' mission is not yet done. That's why it is so important, and I mentioned this in a retreat that I gave on, on Saturday, where sometimes we like to bypass the cross. Notice, not, notice that that St. Paul says, you know, he doesn't say enemies of Christ. He said enemies of the cross of Christ. So many times we like to bypass the cross and go straight to the resurrection because you only want to deal with the light. We don't want to deal with the suffering. Okay, suffering. Can, can I make a complaint sure. about uh, resurrection crucifixes? Oh, well, or resurrection crosses, I should say. Yeah, in churches, well, that's, like. <laughs> we're, we, well, we've been kind of correcting that over the last, I'd say, ten uh, or fifteen years. We've been going back to, uh, you know, crucifixes. For those who don't get it, it's it's the it's the it's risen the cross Christ with the risen Christ, the risen Christ instead of it. the crucified cross. Right. So, 
we want to buy the thing is why is it there because oh this is more attractive yeah. and then it's when we went prettier. through it's you know and, and in that confusion we had post you know in the post Vatican Council you know decade or so you know a lot of churches we put the the risen Christ up on the altar and beautiful we look at the risen Christ and say yes that's our goal mm. that's our destiny but we can't get there if we don't behold the crucifix, and, and it's more tied into the liturgy, the crucifix, because it is the divine sacrifice of the Mass. Not only behind me, but in front of me on the altar is a crucifix to remind me that I'm offering up this divine sacrifice, just like God, Christ offers himself up on the cross. So we don't like to focus on the cross. Last week we had that wonderful presentation on the Shroud of Turin, on the Passion Shrouds, very well attended, and very bloody. There is nothing sanitized about the crucifixion, about the passion of our Lord. Mel Gibson made sure we understood that when he when he filmed the Passion of the Christ, because you look at that, and we and we heard this on on um, on Wednesday from the presenters of of the of the shot of Turin and the Passion Cloths. You know, our Lord was scourged so many times. I heard somewhere along the line that they had two hundred and fifty or something like lashes or, 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 or scars on his back, you know, because of what they find on, on the Shroud of Turin. And, it, and it, it just boggles the imagination. And so the evil one doesn't want us to concentrate on that because Mel Gibson did it right in The Passion. Mm-hmm. When was the devil's defeat? When Christ died. That's right. When Christ died, the earth trembled because it was... Satan trembling. Oh, that's such a powerful. It is a powerful, a powerful scene. moment in that. It, it's a powerful moment just for that, us. That drop of blood yeah. coming down. It was a tear. Oh, I was a, a tear. It was a tear. Yeah. It was like almost God shedding a tear. Oh. The son had died. It was so beautiful, and I, I said it to a young. There's a young lady. I want everyone to keep their, her in your prayers. It's a young lady in in our eighth grade class who has to undergo a crazy procedure because one of her organs is, is failing and so they had to take other organs out to fix this organ then put it back in it's like it's like almost disassembling her I told her and then putting her back together and I said and it's going to happen early next month so right around the time of Holy and I said listen what a beautiful time that you're kind of like going to resurrect with Jesus okay but always remember in those moments I told her and Sister Sean Pauline was standing next to me always remember that when you are having, when you're scared, when you're having doubts, when you're afraid, that think about Jesus on the cross, because Jesus was at his most powerful on the cross, when he looked frail, when he looked defeated to the world, and this is why Saint Paul puts emphasis on the enemies of the cross of Christ, because we we, we want to bypass the cross and just look at the transfigured Christ, and that happens to all of us. We don't want to deal with the junk of our lives. Yep. We don't want to deal with the mess of our lives. We only want to deal with the good things of our lives. And that doesn't work. That's when we get bogged down in thinking uh, and, and get occupied with earthly things, the things that do not draw us closer to Jesus. And that's what Lent's all about. It's a slow journey towards Calvary. And then once we get to Calvary, then we can glory in the resurrection. So, my friends, I invite you to, to open up uh, Philippians 3, verse 17, towards the end, and, and I, it ends yesterday with the first verse of chapter 4. Uh, l- meditate upon that. Mer- spend time meditating upon heavenly things. We occupy ourselves so much. You'll hear in the next segment. We occupy ourselves so much on the earthly things. And one of the things that I've been praying about a lot and I've been reading about a lot during this Lenten season is that that's just the evil one trying to draw us down into sinful things. And again, I make the distinction into the earthly things that can bring us together, you know, the earthly things that, you know, can lift us up when we lift each other up. You know, but there are so many things that can draw us down into sin. And that's where the devil does his greatest work when he deceives us, when he lies to us, 
and he makes us an enemy of the cross of Christ. He does not want us to do what we do on Good Friday, which is when the deacon or the priest says, Behold the wood of the cross on which hung the salvation of the world. The devil doesn't want us to pay attention to that. He doesn't want us to look at that. He wants us, I don't know, just think of the other, you know, you know, he'll forgive you. You just look at look at look at the resurrection. No. We have to, you know, do penance. We have to be contrite. We have to do acts of contrition. We have to dress, dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. Because we don't want to be bogged down in earthly things, because we are indeed citizens of heaven called to be transfigured like our Lord, which leads us to the end of yesterday's gospel. This is my beloved son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Baseball's back, baby. We almost did an emergency pod on one. And it came out of nowhere, too. Oh. It was Ashley came running over. We have an agreement. We have an agreement. I was not expecting. I mean, I'm not on Twitter, so. And it was done. Listen. Just beautiful. And this is taken from Ken Burns, I, I believe, is opus. He's a great documentarian. Ken Burns Baseball, released in 1994, who my compadre, my co-host, my friend here has never seen. Guilty as charged. Because it's 18 hours long. I have I have the I have the coffee table book from it. <laughs> That's great. But I, I haven't seen the but his soundtrack throughout and so many versions of the take. Ask ask my wife what she thinks about an 18-hour baseball documentary. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. We want to save your marriage. <laughs> Folks, baseball's back. I know it's the day after Selection Sunday. There's so much to talk. We had nothing to talk about last weekend. I mean, last last Monday. Today we have so much to talk about. We I actually did a rundown. Yes, we have. I have a, a notepad here with a a rundown of things that I scribbled. <laughs> okay, because it's after Selection Sunday. We have our brackets in front of us. We'll, we'll get to that. But we want to talk about baseball, baseball, baby. America's ruled by it like an army of steamrollers, Ray. How many times was I repeating that that oh. monologue in the office when oh, I came back on the Wednesday? Best, man, we the weren't best. expecting it. It's like I really thought there, there's a there's a there's another one. Uh, let me see if I find it here. There was one that we would have played if there would. I really thought that we were in danger of losing the season, which we would have played. Well, too. actually, she's not here today. She's she's out of the office today. But she was going on a on another podcast that night. To talk, and she had to and she had she had no like profuse note pages and pages about baseball about, and what's going wrong about and... how this season is never going to happen and everything that's going on. and then out of nowhere, you know, she come running yeah. down the hallway like my show is ruined, but we're back. <laughs> I know. So if if, <laughs> if the season would have been canceled, we would have played this, not that this one. Sorry, sounds like taps, right? We didn't want that. No, we want this one. That's what that's what we want. Give me a little give me a little sandlot action then. Yeah, right? <laughs> Play ball! You're killing me, small. That's what we that this is what we were we were saying during the entire lot. You're killing me, smalls. Uh my goodness, what a great and then not only that, but here's what happened this morning. Okay, very late last night, the Yankees made a trade, which Literally scratching my head right now. Uh, and so I sent that link late last night to a friend of mine. He didn't respond until this morning. And we did something that we have not done all winter. We discussed the merits of, or, you know, pitfalls yep, of, a trade. of a trade. We actually had some hot stove conversation, <laughs> which you will have now. 
Uh, we'll get to that Yankee trade in a second. But there was something that came out. Now, do you think the New York media is trying to canonize Jeter? Of and- course. Nothing wrong even, with I don't even need to let you finish that question. They don't, they don't need, I mean. He can do no wrong. He can. Won him five titles, so uh, and he's the captain. But there was a report that came out in the New York Post last week that said that Derek Jeter, well, it was CeCe Sabathia on his podcast, mm-hmm. said Derek Jeter was, you know, a word that I can't say on the air. Not happy. He was not happy <laughs> because he really wanted to go after Nick Castellanos and kind of like was, you know, was not given the green light on signing Nick Castellanos. And you've, you've heard things. Well, Bruce Sherman, the spring training just started, so yeah, everyone's hey! Yeah, today, everyone's arriving. Uh, so Bruce Sherman was just stopped by media. I know you're not on you're not on social media, so can we keep stop rubbing that? I'm gonna put a plate of chocolate chip cookies on your desk today. <laughs> I have to walk through the cafeteria every day and stare at those cookies. Yeah, so yeah. I'm doing my penance. And those are good cookies. Sea they salt. Are good cookies. Sea salt is the key. But he came out. He's talking to the media this morning, and he go. He says, you know, we're we're not done. There will be there will be uh we're we're going after free agents. And he says, quote, we have money and we will spend it. Now take that. With a grain of salt, mm. there, there's. You said it could be a PR move here. I said it was. You know, it would Craig be a Mish PR. came out yesterday and said, yeah. you know, there's still a chance of landing Castellanos. There's some big names out there um, tied to us. There, there are. Last year, Nick Castellanos, Castellanos, excuse me, I don't know why he did the English version of that. Uh, Nick Castellanos last year hit uh, 309, had 34 homers, uh, 164 hits, uh, had. Great numbers, and I didn't think it was. I mean, and really, this is uh, the outfielder that you need. Mm-hmm. I do not know if he plays center field exclusively. I should know that. Uh, he's a third baseman and right fielder, uh, but it is that veteran bat that you need. And the Marlins need the offense. What you know? I you know we didn't do the bumper music today. No, nope. we you know we're gonna we need the bumper music. Not only to say we need running back, but we need a. We need a center. We need a center fielder. Right now, right fielder. Uh, oh, my goodness. I'm forgetting the name. Uh, Jesus Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah. Jesus Sanchez looked apart last oh, year. Oh, yeah. And I think that he's ready. I think we'll get offers from him. We're talking baseball. Yeah. Uh, Jazz. Brian Anderson. B.A. is uh, still the big question mark. When, we, he, when he's thought, on, he's on. No, but. but he's, had a, he's had a rough, a rough two seasons I don't there. Know. Let me get to this Yankee trade because I just want to throw some names at you. You know, because, I mean, Jorge, he, he always tells me he doesn't have the encyclopedic knowledge of baseball that I have. Negative. Or the useless information of baseball that I have. <laughs> but he does know names. You know who Gary Sanchez is. Of course. Is, Kraken. You know of who Gio Urshela is. Of course. The Yankee third baseman. For, for whatever reason, Aaron Boone said yesterday, he's going to go to shortstop, even though his natural position is third base. So yesterday, the Yankees pull off a trade. They trade Gary Sanchez. And Gio Urshela, two homegrown talents, to the Minnesota Twins. Now, these are the three names I want to throw at you. Or Josh Donaldson. Yep. You know that name? Of course. Okay. He, wasn't well, he in well, the Home Run Derby? Okay. Made, made some noise there. You're thinking of another Josh. Josh Hamilton. No, it's Josh. Do- Hold on. Look it up. Hold All on. right, but let me get you the other names. All right, go for it. Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Uh, Falefa, I'm sorry. King? Exactly. And Ben. Rortvet. Yang? Exactly. All right, so Josh Donaldson uh, started his career with the Oakland A's, was there from 2010 to 2014, was with the Toronto Blue Jays from 2015 to 2018, was with the Cleveland, now Guardians, or back then they were another team, 2018, Braves 2019, and with the Minnesota Twins the last two seasons. In 2020, he was injured, a 60-game season. Last year, I have it right here, he hit... Uh, I had his numbers. Where, where did his numbers go? Well, he he did all right, but it wasn't great. Okay? No, here. I have it here. Uh, last year, he um, he hit... People are tuning out yes. at a record pace right now as I look for his batting <laughs> average. See, Josh he hit, Donald, he, he, he participated he in the home run. Dur- not recently, no, but, but, you're, but, but he's... But the Josh that you're thinking no, of... No, I knew it. Oh, okay. Josh Donaldson. Okay. I, I remember him in And the he was MVP, dur- I want to say 2015-2016. Yeah. Okay, so Josh Donaldson uh, last year hit... Uh, again, I lost it. I lost it. He did 247. 
In terms of in terms of home runs, he hit 26, but 247, and he's a third baseman, you know, outfield, you know, whatever. Isaiah Kiner, uh, I only have his numbers from last year. He he had eight home runs, batting average wasn't all that great. And then, you know, and and, and did I mention Josh Donaldson was 36? That's the big thing. He's yeah. 36 years old. Uh, they don't need veteran bats or veteran presence. You have Aaron Judge there. Mm-hmm. I was going to say your friend Stanton there, but you're like, really? You'd be like, really? <laughs> and uh, and how, then Ben Rowe. How often and, is he there, actually? <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's why we're glad that he's not on the Marlins payroll anymore. And then the catcher they got back in the trade to, I guess, surplant mm-hmm. Gary Sanchez, who did not have a great year last year. Gary was off and on. And would hit you a big home run every now and then, but his batting for average was terrible, and he was terrible behind the plate as a catcher. Could not throw a runner out at second to save his life, and the amount, I mean, he was better at that than he was at pass balls, and did he have pass balls where it would be like in 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 the postseason, it was a, it was a liability. And then Ben, again, I can't pronounce, wrote that, uh, batted 169 last year with three home runs, seven RBIs, and an, OB, an OP, OBP of 229. Makes your toes tingle. Solid. Really solid. <laughs> I mean, the the Yankees still have uh, Kyle Higashioka, who is a serviceable, serviceable backup. But that's where we are. They better sign Freddie Freeman because I was like, what is going on? But I am so happy that I am. Can you tell we were, we were excited for baseball to come back? That we were catching about, <laughs> about the Yankees, but the Marlins need bats. Well, they we say they bats. say uh, Mish keeps putting it out there that something's coming. They're working on something, right? Supposedly Cast- big. So Castellanos we'll last year hit. I didn't, I didn't know this. He is currently uh, he is thirty years old from Hialeah, right. and that'd be a great you know great PR push. Last year he hit three oh nine with. 34 home runs. I mean, come on. You want that guy on your team. You need that guy on that your team. Jack Nicholson and, you know, a uh, few good men. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We need Castellanos in right field. Well, maybe not in right field. Maybe you can move Jesus Sanchez in center. He's so athletic enough. Can't, has could. that been discussed? The uh, the plan, according to this, now Kim... Kim Eng, Kim Eng, Eng uh-huh, she's talking now. Is uh is talking now. Right, we're, we're recording. Abisail this. Garcia will not be a center field option. Okay. Which Jeter had said they were comfortable. So Garcia and Sanchez will so be the corner s- outfielders. So you, so you see the who's gonna be so Garcia and Gar- Sanchez. Abisail Garcia. So you see the rift that was already forming between our GM and our CEO. So former CEO. The opening day center fielder, and again, this is according to Craig Mish. And when Craig Mish tweets, no, no, that's 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 Bible, almost Bible. The opening day center fielder is not currently on the roster. That's what I'm saying. So could it be, could you slide uh, Jesus Sanchez? Because I don't know if Castellanos has ever played center fielder. I mean, I look at it right now; it's a third baseman, right fielder. That's what I see on my phone. And could you slide Jesus Sanchez into center? He's athletic enough. He is. Boy, he's, he's big. got the wheels. He's got the wheels. So it's like let's do and it. The arm. He does have an arm. Oh. Has a great arm, but that's an arm you really want in right field. I I, I don't know about I don't know enough about Castellanos, yeah. except he was part of a very infamous uh, home run call. But and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> and so, now there's smoke around. Uh, Brian Reynolds was getting a, a lot of uh, of attention yeah, yesterday. But I, I don't you know again. Cast. I didn't see. I I wasn't really sold. Just I mean, land me someone. Well, hey, I, come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, brackets. We got brackets. Turn your sheet over. I have we have not bra- even looked at the bracket. Yet. Okay. I, I no, I, I I did a I did a run through of the brackets last night before I went to bed. I know Miami landed as a ten seed. Yes. Can we talk about the ACC tournament for oh, a second? How my how badly do you not want to play Virginia Tech right now? Um. Here's a th- they are, there's they a are there's hot. yeah but there's a theory about teams that get hot during conference tournaments. Virginia Tech, I believe, won four games over four nights, over four days. That takes a lot, even out of 19, 20-year-olds, takes a lot out of a team. And those teams usually are prime for first-round exits. And Virginia Tech, because they were an automatic qualifier. Number six, Texas. Okay. um, Or six seed, Texas. Yeah. I would pencil that in as an L for the Hokies from Blackburn who I found out over the weekend 
do not like to be called Vatek. Oh no. Well um, then well, then in that so case, Vatek, 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 Yeah, they're gonna lose. Oh, you're, he, he, when 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 you get him as childish, he's so funny. Anyways, uh, uh, the, let's talk about the AC tournament because we had to struggle, and it was a great game. We missed it because we were doing stuff around here. Yeah. Uh, but the end of the Boston College game was absurd. God bless Boston College, your alma mater, uh, and they played amazing over yep. three days and i thought they had nothing left because they had played tuesday they went to overtime wednesday mm-hmm. and took us into overtime and we went on a buzzer beater so we had a little bit of march madness go- i mean yeah. what is this feeling i mean I never seen i mean I would've, if we would have seen it live the two of oh, us we would have been going crazy here but we both had appointments that we couldn't watch the game uh and then the duke game i had the duke's i had the duke's uh, box score in front of me okay ah uh, the duke box oh, score what was my biggest complaint that was during the game that I kept texting you. Free throws, man. Free, free throws. throws. We were six for, I think we were six for 12 on free and throws. And Isaiah Wong. We, are, we were six for 12 on free Isaiah throws. Wong, uh, Isaiah Wong was no one show. for 11. Oh, and this is a kid who the previous week had scored 27 points against Boston College. Ouch. Not in the not in the, the tournament, but in a regular season game in the last week of the And we were still season. in it till the very no, end. No, because why were we in it? We were The reason why I brought the score should be because, you know, we were talking about Last week, we couldn't name a single player. But we know Charlie Moore's name. We know Isaiah Wong's name. Augusti had a great game. He had 24 points. And Jordan Miller, what a game he had. 17 points. So we drew the Trojans of the University of Southern California, which would have been a great football game in the early 2000s and never materialized. And will hopefully be a good football yeah. game. When, uh, when um, late, not late. When uh, Lincoln Riley takes them to the promised land, just like Mario Cristobal, we'll meet you in the Rose Bowl. That's right. Let's meet in the Rose Bowl. Okay, so we play USC. Here's our our bracket. We're in the Midwest region, and somehow are playing in Columbia, South Carolina. Go figure. But they do pods now, so we could travel to the game. Do you want to go to Columbia, South Carolina? Not really. So um, I want Jacksonville State. (laughs) Yeah, Jacksonville (laughs) State is on the other side of the bracket. They play Auburn. Auburn was number one at one point. And um, Bruce Pearl had them at one point firing in all cylinders, but didn't finish the season strong. That's why they're a two seed. We would draw them in the second round if we beat USC. Then the other side of the bracket, you have LSU or Iowa State, Wisconsin, and Colgate. And uh, that's an interesting... A lot of people, I was watching Bracketology last night, a lot of people on ESPN were high on LSU. You know who people are very high on? And they're in the Midwest bracket. Kansas is also in the Midwest rac- bracket. But a lot of people are high on the fifth seed, Iowa. Iowa. They are very high. I saw a lot of Iowa going to the Final Four. Yeah. I said to a lot of people, this bracket is oh, manageable. They won, they won their conference. No, They won their yeah, conference yeah, yeah, tournament. They they, they, them and their, the women's team mm-hmm. won their conference tournament. By the way, great on, on NCAA. We don't talk about usually talk about women's sports. Uh, but great for the NCAA to brand the women's tournament March Madness and to have them be part of Selection yeah. Sunday right after... Oh, yeah. The and they bracket. expanded to a to They a expanded full to 68. 64. They had playing games 68, also. That's right. By the way, we were, according to Lenardi, who would nailed 67 of the 68 wow. picks of, of the truck. I don't know how the guy does it. And nailed almost half the seedings. That's crazy. A- and it was just clockwork. And it's amazing. So he did that. And uh, he had us as not the last four in, but the last four buys. Nice. Uh, I don't know why people were so low on the Canes, and they have been all year. Now, mind you, we've played inconsistent at times. I think we finished the regular season strong. We drubbed Boston College last week. We went to Carrier Dome. Not an easy place to play on the last day of the regular season. Drubbed Syracuse. Yes, we had trouble with Boston College. Any team would have trouble with Boston College. Yep. Syracuse had trouble with, I mean, Duke had ter- trouble with Syracuse. And then we almost beat uh, the number four team in the country. Right. The top seed in the ACC. We just, we, a, a bad Isaiah Wong day. No, and and then that traveling call with like 50 seconds out uh, when we were down by three, which, yep. yes, by the letter of the law, was traveling, but you never see that call. I call that was a Duke call. So where where do you think you're looking at this? Where do you think the Canes take? I mean, put your homers inside, but look at it objectively. You just, I, um, you know, you, they can't hear you nod your head. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm okay. looking at it. I, I don't think they make the uh, Sweet 16. You think that they lose to Auburn in the second round? 
I'm sorry, no, they don't pass the Sweet Six. They, oh, okay, they make so, it to the Sweet Six. Sweet, oh, they don't make the Elite you Eight. Like, I mean, because I like them beating Auburn. I like them beating USC. I like them beating Auburn. And then, and then but the thing is that then you have LSU, Iowa State, Wisconsin. But that's always State, the coin Wisconsin. flip, what, what happens. We never, we've never made it past the Sweet Six. We've never made it to the Elite Eight. I don't think uh, this is the Elite We year. would have to beat either LSU, uh, Iowa State, Wisconsin. You if know, they were I'm a little more consistent, Cody. maybe, but... Coachell got a two-year two extension. Year extension yeah. You know, we were calling for his head at the beginning of the season when we got the new uh, AD. But um, it's a, it's a manageable bracket. Other people in the bracket are San Diego State, Creighton, Iowa, Richmond, Providence. A lot of uh, Big East teams there uh, in South Dakota State. So mm-hmm. it is a manageable bracket, whereas Duke has to play probably Michigan State in the second round. The winner of Michigan State, Davidson, a lot of people, Michigan State is seven seed. Uh, Davidson, a 10 seed. A lot of people like Davidson. I have ESPN Plus, so I clicked on the matchups last night, yeah. and the percentages were favoring Davidson. Really? They have a pretty good season. You now, know what I struggle with the most are those, uh, which one is it? The, uh, the 512s? The 512s. I hate the 512 matchups. Oh, man. Because there's always one of those, those upsets every bust year. bust my bracket every year. Yeah, but but the 413s have become more, yeah. more common as well. There have been a lot of people... Uh, we got to give a shout-out to Sister Jean and Loyola Chicago, number 10 seed, facing your favorite team and my favorite team, the Buckeyes of V, Ugh. Ohio State University. Ugh. And ESPN Predictor gives Sister Jean, the fighting Sister Jean's a chance. <laughs> okay, so we're doing a bracket here challenge here in the in the office, which is very well, uh, you know, always very well, you know, we don't bet on it or anything like that. We just give a prize to somebody, and we have to decide what the, what the prize is. No, not only that, but you told me that last place. whoever had the worst yeah, bracket, they, we, they which was to do Sister, Ro- <laughs> Sister Rose last year, thought that the 16 seeds were the were better, were the better than the she one. She had seed. a she had an upset special the entire way. She had a final four of all 16 <laughs> seeds, and last year was not the one year that the a 16 seed won. It was something. It was something like that. I was. It was. I'm, I'm exact, but it was all. Double-digit seeds that her bracket was busted at the end of the first. Yeah, four games. yeah, pretty much. It was, <laughs> it was, it was bad. But, but I'm gonna help her with that this year. The, no, it's, it's an interesting bracket. Now, who wins a national title? We're, we're not gonna say it on air because we're both very competitive and we don't reveal our picks until our brackets are revealed when the first tip on. But do the Zags get off the Schneid? I, I still don't trust them. I, I that's the same thing I, I was gonna say. Don't trust them. Uh, Billis picked them last night. I, uh, they, a lot of people are, and they had a heck of a season, but I don't. Dickie V surprised me with who he picked. He, he obviously, he can't talk. God bless him. They honored him over the weekend in Tampa Bay at the SEC tournament. And uh, Dickie V uh, chose Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky's been playing well. Uh, Calipari, you know, they, they always, it's a blue blood. Yep. I believe they play Kansas. Did they play Kansas somewhere along the line? I, I, I filled it out and, and I had no. They Kansas is our bracket. Kentucky is in the Baylor bracket. No, but I but I but East. yeah, but that's a but I had them in. If they make both make it to the final four, they would face off in the semifinal. Gonzaga and, and no can, Kansas and uh, no Kansas. and Kentucky. No, no, I'm no, sorry. No, they would face no. They would face off in the national championship. Kentucky if in they the go East. that far. Yep. A lot of people are high in Arizona. Three only three, yep. three lost mm-hmm. teams. A lot of they're a one seed. A lot of people are high on them. I've not seen them play well. Or how, how many of these teams have we seen play? We 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 were. I've seen the Canes play. We've seen. And, we've uh, immersed in. I I did see <laughs> a little bit of USC and UCLA when they played in in uh, last week of the regular season. It was a late night game, and I was, you know, having trouble falling asleep. I turned that on and listened to Bill Walton, you know, wax poetic about the conference of champions <laughs> and throw it down, big man. And that's a pretty good now Bill Walton. We need someone in the staff challenge to do the uh, the uh, mascot face offs. That would that would be right? good. So which which mascot Bill, in is, real life? Which mascot would you win? You heard that during during our game against Duke. Billis was saying, you know, sometimes when he's trying to pick a winner in the brackets, he'll just go off and say, well, like he, he I don't know why he mentioned TCU. Like, you know, Horn Frog is not going to beat a Bengal Tiger, and and then Reese Davis chimed in from the from the studio and said, <laughs> yeah, Horn Frogs, you know, expel venom. So um, we're we're pushing an hour here. So let's wrap this up. Uh, I don't want to talk about our soccer team because I don't think we have a professional soccer team. Did you know they played yesterday? The in- interplayed? No. Yeah. No. You see, didn't know. No. They lost at home 2 nothing to uh, LAFC. Lovely. And um, 
Yeah, that, that's going on. He uh, lost his head scratcher on Saturday to uh, Minnesota. Jimmy's toe keeps aggravating him, and every time Jimmy doesn't play, uh, we need someone to step up, be a closer. Tyler Hero needs to be that guy. Needs to be that guy other than Jimmy. Tyler needs to be a closer. That's the next step. And I don't know why, because I only turn the Heat games on because I'm busy in the evenings, probably in the last five minutes. Every time I turn it on, Tyler is either throwing a bad pass or turning over the ball. Okay? I'm sorry, Mrs. Chuchi Cristova, now married to our <laughs> CJ, our resident hockey expert who we'll talk to when the Stanley Cup playoffs begin. But Tyler, yes, he had a great game, scored a lot of points, but... Every time you turn it on, he's turning over the ball and making if, stupid if decisions. If Ashley were in studio, she'd go off right now. <laughs> well, Struis played a good game on, on Saturday. Uh, Izzy went crazy because Struis was in the Gables last night uh, eating a tap 42 because he posted something on. Oh, she, didn't Mer- run, she didn't run over there? I, that's what I was, that's what I, was <laughs> I, I was surprised that she didn't do. Um, so today is the least productive day in American workplace workplaces. Yep. Because everybody's making copies of the bracket, which took me two seconds to do this morning for purposes of this podcast. And because we've gone over an hour, I think for the first time ever, on our podcast. But we had a great first segment. But, you know, we need to separate ourselves from the things of the earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> baseball. We had, here's the thing. Let me, let me tell you. We, we, we just really, we were so, it's like all this pent up, you know, everything was, we didn't know. We couldn't talk hot though because we didn't know what the rumors were. What, what were people saying? We really wanted to talk about it. But I, I want to finish off by circling back to something we talked about in the first segment. For the three of you who are still listening. Yeah, for the three of you who are still listening. It would be Carly, Nana, and, and probably, maybe CJ, I don't know. Um, Katie does listen. If I, you I made know. it, if you made, let's do this. If you made it this far. Text us, yeah. Send us a message send, or, or shoot me an email. Wait, we 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 haven't said that since like the second episode. We haven't. It's podcast podcast at, at cotlf.org. Send us an email at podcast at cotlf.org or send us a direct message or tweet us at at mm Let's tweet George because I can't yeah. go on Twitter and until just say we made we made it to the end. That you listen to all we're right now at one o two. This is really going to be 20. depressing when when we don't get a single person. Yeah, I know. Carly and Anna may do it, uh, but I want to bring it back to something. Um, that I talked about in the first segment. You know, I we mentioned evil spirits and the devil, and I don't, and I want to give too much credence because one thing I didn't mention is that one thing uh, something my family's first director once told us sometimes we give the devil too much credit. But how many times did the computer recording oh. stop during this during For this episode? Three, three times this episode alone. Okay, we're it's, it's happened maybe twice in thirty. What is this? This is episode forty. It's happened maybe twice in in the previous thirty nine yeah. episodes. We've lo- we've lo- we've had three or four times. George has looked at me and said, "We're not recording," and I we've been one time he was going off on something, another time I was going off on something. The take me out to the ball game intro to the second segment we had we to had do to twice redo completely, and it was and the first take was so beautifully done. We did okay the second time, but it was so beautifully done the way we talked over the the, the music. Uh, but yeah. And 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 the re- and when we did that, I know we were doing t- something, you know, some you know, menial in terms of taking out of the ball game. But I looked at Jorge and I said, you know, we mentioned the devil and him derailing us. You so don't talk about Bruno. And, and and not only that, exactly. <laughs> I said that three four times when we were off the air, and then n- to say nothing of the fact that Apple Podcasts was not publishing our podcast, the Ash Wednesday Ash and Wednesday. the first and last week's podcast. Was not posted on Apple until Wednesday. Yep. So, so I you, reached out. They, you know what they told me that the image was too small, even though it's been the same exact image that we use. And the thing is that Apple does not. We do different images most weeks. They take the they take the and primary Carly image does, and does and do graphic images for us. Apple does not publish different images. Spotify does. Uh, I believe Amazon does. Obviously, our Podbeam does. Yep. Easiest way to get our podcast. You would think it's Apple because it pushes it to your phone when it's when it's posted. Literally, we have a, a button on our on our front page, cotlf.org, Parish Podcast. Click it and then click the episode you want to yep. hear. Go back. The Ash Wednesday episode, I did an 11-minute reflection that day by myself. Uh, Jorge was busy at a meeting, and I just came in here and recorded. And it, I, I think it still holds true, and yep. I think it's it's good uh, to listen to during Lent. And, and never, last week's never episode, too late to start. No, and, and last week's uh, episode 
we really went deep on the temptations, and I, I thought it was a very good episode. I thought today was very good. We apologize for the length. Uh, pray for our second graders who do their first confession tonight and Wednesday night from our school. Pray for We continue to pray for an end of the war in Ukraine. Uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to talk more about things that uh, we're uh, going to do for Ukraine. Uh, and finally, we have stuff to talk about during the sports segment. Yes. Baseball, yeah. baby. But next week... Uh, you know gonna, the Marlins are going to pull off some blockbuster as soon as we As soon as, as we soon go off the air. But we've never recorded... <laughs> no, we did one time. We No, no, we recorded very early. We've never gone this late. I'm looking at our clocks now. We've never gone this late recording because we were stopped by so many technical glitches. Right. But next week, tease, uh, we will do Oscar preview. I have watched more than half the Oscar. I'm stopped. I've, 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 Two? But I'm going to give you one to watch that I think you'll like. And we'll talk about Coda and Don't Look Up and Licorice Pizza. Yeah, you met, you texted me that. Yeah, what? and you were like, what? No, we'll was, get that next week. Yeah, we'll, 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 <laughs> that's a tease for next week. And uh, folks, continue on your Lenten journey. Continue to hold things to the fast of heaven. And this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to what our Lord has to tell you. Listen to what he has in store for you during this Lenten season. And may Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.